Hello, um, so my name's Ruth. Um, I'm 25. Um, I live in Dagenham um, and I work for a church called Kingsley Hall Church and Community Centre, like Michelle said. Um, I live with my husband. Um, we got married in October, so we're still newlyweds. Um, and we both work for the church. Um, and God has done incredible things in my life. God has transformed my life. He's changed my life. Um, God has done incredible things in my husband's life. We've both come from paths that not necessarily are mainstream and normal, um, whether there's a mainstream and normal in society anyway. But, um, yeah, so I'm just going to share a little bit about that. And then I feel God's um, got a word that God's given me um, to share for some people here. Not everybody, but for some. So I'm going to end with that. So hopefully I can keep my testimony quite short. So I'll be aware of the time. So, my life before God, uh, it's a question that um, I've been asked before, what was your life like before God? And honestly, I've been, had an awareness of God my whole life, and um, so I was born to my parents, obviously. Um, my mum was a Christian, my dad wasn't, and I was born in America, um, and three months old, my mum had um, a mental health breakdown, and she got bipolar, and she ended up um, being sectioned, um, and long story short, that ended up my parents moving back from America to, to England and separating when I was about 18 months old, something like that. So I grew up with my mum. Um, praise God for my mum. She um, She's had a strong faith all of her life. And to be honest, if she hadn't had that, I don't think I'd be here today. So praise God for my mum. But I live with my mum and my sister. Um, she's two years older than me. And then when I was about four, um, both my parents um, got remarried. So my uh, my dad got married to, to the woman he's still married to. Um, my mum got married to my stepdad, but sadly they got divorced as well when I was about 12 or 13. And growing up, I had every kind of person thinking that I had behavioural issues. Um, they weren't really sure what was wrong with me. Um, basically, I'd just get into like fits of rage when I was a kid and I'd be in school and I never really knew how to make friends and it was all quite difficult. And at home, it was also really hard. Um, my stepdad um, was had his own problems and had his own issues, um, and at times would be physically like would use physical punishment um, towards me. Him and my mum's relationship was quite toxic, um, particularly towards the end. But he would also, in church, seemed quite active he ran a charity in Romania um but he had some real issues which led to him being quite aggressive and would take his anger out on me particularly on the whole family but me particularly on top of that my relationship with my own dad um he was very emotionally like abusive um he would like threaten physical punishment he never actually used physical punishment but he would threaten it um he would kind of blackmail me he would say oh you're never going to see your mum again and stuff like that so I just remember growing up as a kid just really aware of darkness from a really young age so I was like six seven eight nine that sort of age and aware that the world was a really dark place and aware that the world was a really broken place and didn't really have much of a normal childhood if that makes sense um I would be seen by kind of psychiatrists and behavioral specialists and they didn't really know what was wrong with me I was quite badly bullied at school um but to be honest I was quite annoying as well so I probably didn't help the situation <laughs> and 
Yet throughout all of this, I was taken to church. So from my whole childhood, I went to church. My my mum tried as best as she could to, to raise me to be a follower of God. Yet I absolutely hated Christians, like absolutely hated them. Because my stepdad, who on the surface was an incredibly man of God that was like going to church and in church leadership, yet I was at home, he was anything but that. At home, he lived such a double life. And so I just was like, no, I don't believe in God. Um, I don't believe in God at all. And I'd go to church, but I just was like, don't believe. And my mum had always said, you have to go to church until you're 13, and then you can make your own decisions. And I remember at the age of 10, just being like, oh, 13 can't come close enough, to be honest. And I hated that. And so, yes, yeah, so that's kind of like that. And I would respond with anger. I would be kind of constantly like lashing out at people. And I was quite a big child, so it would be quite kind of negative if that makes sense and then when I was about 11 um, something had happened at home I can't really remember massively and I'd gone into school and I remember it I had like I had loads of verrucas on my feet and I had them just like blown like kind of lasered off and they basically got blood blisters all over my feet so I couldn't really walk so I was really like sad and upset anyway because they were really painful and some big argument had happened at home and My stepdad had ended up throwing something that had caused my sister to like fall off the chair and hit her head on the radiator. So I kind of went into school and I just was like, said to my teacher everything that had gone on. And I thought, oh, finally I've just told someone. Yeah, I didn't realise this thing's called safeguarding and child protection. So um, in comes some social workers into kind of the family. And this ended up, long story short, um, my stepdad leaving um, for a period of time. Um, And then he came back. Um, into our life a few months later and then he had a heart and he just because he was going to bible college so he was about to go to bible college and they basically said you need to be with your wife you're going to come so he came back and then he had a heart attack um and he blamed me for that heart attack and so I'm trying to like give you like a picture because I want to kind of lead to where God kind of really steps into my life and um that heart attack led to him leaving my mum and getting remarried quite quickly and on the the divorce papers it was it was because of me that he wrote that he wanted to divorce my mum so I was 12 at this point I hated Christians I hated God I hated my life I I had childhood depression um I was quite clever at school which kind of helped but I had no friends I was very very alone very isolated and we lived up north um in Southport and um, my mum made the decision once she kind of separated from uh, my ex, like stepdad, to to move us to closer to her family. So we moved to Hertfordshire uh, when I was 12, and I was like six months away from no longer having to go to church, and I was like so excited. And my sister had actually chosen not to go; like she went a few times, but then she kind of she stopped going for a little bit. And um, she's two years older than me, and so I went to this church, and it's a quite a church similar to this sort of size, I would think, um, a Baptist church in um, in a little place called Stockford, a little village, and I remember just being like, I do not want to go, like, why should I have to go to this church? And I remember walking in, and I was quite a big, like, 12-year-old, um, I was probably the size I am now, um, so I just remember walking in, like, with my arms crossed, like, well grumpy, just sat at the back, and it's really funny, because people that are, like, now I'm friends with are, like, they remember it and they're like you were like so grumpy <laughs> um and people would just come and talk to me and i'd just be like give them like one word answers um 
But my mum was like, you should go to the youth group, you should do this and stuff like that. You've just moved from, like, up north to down south. Like, it's now time for a fresh start. So I, I kind of went along. Um, and very, very, very quickly, I started to realise there was something different about these people, that actually they were loving me, even though I wasn't very lovable. Even though, actually, I didn't want their love, they were loving me. And it made me think about, like, if they are loving me like that, then there must be a reason why they're loving me. Um, and so I quickly realised that that was probably that actually God was real. So I kind of gave my life to, to God at the age of about probably just turned 13. Um, I got baptised a few weeks, a few months later. And I was like, yes, my life, I've got God, it's all sorted. And it was anything but sorted uh, and anything but great. And my life wasn't great for a few years. And um, yet there was a love in that church that I can't explain. And that sustained me throughout all of my like teenage years. And so got kind of baptised a week later, ended up in hospital with appendicitis um, and then ended up being ill for the next nine months following that. I actually, they later found out I caught MRSA and there was an infection like the whole time, but they didn't know that till I had another operation, which then ended up me being really unwell. And um, kind of that probably didn't help because I then ended up missing school quite a bit. So then when I went to, so it was like a lower school, middle school, upper school where I lived. So I just finished at year eight and was going to year nine and had to go to a different school. And then I found a group of friends. And to be honest, it was the first time in my whole life I'd had friends. Um, but they weren't, prob well, they, they weren't the best influence on me, if that makes sense. Um, so I kind of spent the next three years of my life living this like four different lives. So I had my church life, which where I was just like good a little two shoes, like kind of because they all like accepted me. I wanted to be like what I thought they wanted me to be like. Um, so I would pretend that life was great and I was really well behaved. I had this other life, which was at school with my friends, where I just drank too much. I probably was that kid that sat at a park that you didn't really want sitting at a park. I had my life at my mum's. Um, where, I was abs where I was massively violent. I always had a problem with my anger and I would just lash out at like small things. I would do horrible things to my mum, do horrible things to my sister. I would break things, I would hurt them. Um, but it was just anger and I just didn't know how to control it. I never had done. Like, since I was a little child, like I'd struggled with anger. Then I had like at my dad's where I was just very like withdrawn and this. And to be honest, I don't know if anyone's ever experienced it where you've had like four different lives when you have when you you're pretending to one person that you're like this and you're pretending to another person that you're like this it absolutely kills you like you can't control that and so I struggled for like a year like for about three years of not really knowing who I was wanting to be be good but I just didn't know how to I didn't know how to like let go of my anger and I just would like fly off the handle at school, I'd throw tables, I'd like shout at people, I'd get into fights. I got away with it because I was clever. So I like probably would have been excluded like more if I wasn't because I got the grades. Um, at home I was really struggling. Outside with my friends, I thought doing things were like the best thing to do, but actually they weren't. And kind of how it led to was that I was basically 16 and like I said, like I was always been really mature for my age because I never really had that childhood. And so 16 and I was depressed beyond words. 
Um, I'd contemplated more times than I can count um, suicide. I'd thought about the ways to commit suicide. To be honest, I was too much of a chicken to do it, but I'd thought about it. Um, I didn't know how to control myself. I was getting into fights. And to be honest, I was at that point that actually I didn't want to live any longer. Like, really didn't want to live. And um, so I'd gone to church and I was like, God, I know that you're real, but I don't know. I just, if you're real, then why am I struggling in this way? Like, why am I like facing the battles that I'm facing? Why can I not control my anger? Why can I not control my, like, my difficulty? So um, someone mentioned it. My, my church took a, a youth to Soul Survivor. Um, and I went and I said, God, if you're real, my life needs to change. Suicide needs to go, depression needs to go, anger needs to go, and you've got a week to do it. And if you don't do it, I'm turning away from you for good. I'm never going to listen, never going to go to church, never going to listen to anything about God. But again, I'm just going to do my own thing because clearly you're not real. And I'm saying that that's probably not the best thing to do, like probably not the best to test God like that. Um, but I did in my 16-year-old self. Um, and honestly, it was make or break. And if I look at the people I was friends with there, They've all, some of them have been in prison, some of them, most of the girls got pregnant very young, um, a lot of them have struggled with alcohol, a lot of them have struggled with drugs, and to be honest, that would be my life. And I know that, because actually the pain of, of like, my relationships with my dad and with my stepdad, kind of the, some of the abuse that was in them relationships actually would have led me to using drugs, and I, to be honest, I would have just probably struggled with it, because of my pain, because I'd have tried to feel the pain somehow. And so I went to this, um, to Soul Survivor, and so yeah, sorry, I said, God, if you change my life, my life is yours, you can have it, I'll, you can do whatever you like. So I went to Soul Survivor, and probably about halfway through the week, um, the pastor of my church, who had become quite like a dad to me, just came around to me and put his arm around my shoulder. And to be honest, I thought I had pulled the wool over everyone's eyes, and that everyone thought I was a good little two-shoes with no problems. I mean, they knew my mum, so that probably had an element of... They, they realised more than that. But he came around and he put his arm around my shoulder and said, have you ever asked God why you're angry? I've no idea why that one statement led to what it led to. Um, but basically, I just burst into tears and I spent the next two hours with people praying for me. Um, and I can't really explain what happened other than the fact that probably I was delivered from something. But at the time, I wouldn't have had an awareness of that. And I walked out, and it was like chains on my ankle. So you can see that I've got a tattoo on my ankle. And it was like chains on my ankle had been lifted. Like physically, I physically felt like five stone lighter. Um, and actually, I was bigger than I am now when I was that age. So I, was, I knew what it was like to carry a little bit of extra weight. And I physically felt different. And honestly, for, since that day forward, I've never... I've never contemplated suicide again. I've never been depressed again. I've struggled with anxiety at times, but I've never struggled with depression. My anger disappeared by probably 80%. Um, I think anger is a thing that if you learn, if you learn behaviour from a child is to be aggressive, it's very hard to retain that in your mind and it does require the, the work of the Holy Spirit. But my life changed. And honestly, I don't think I'd have been alive today if God hadn't moved into my life because I knew I knew how desperate I was. I know how much 
I wanted my life to end. I'd sat there at home sometimes with pills, like just sat there and just been like, like, don't take it, don't take them, don't take them. Like, do something different. Walk out, go somewhere, and I would go out and I would like avoid it. But there's only so long you can do that before actually you succumb to that. And my life changed. From that moment, my life changed. And um, the second thing that I said, God, if you change my life, then I have to go wherever you tell me. And uh, I can tell you that is, don't say that lightly. (laughs) There's been compromise in my life, definitely, at times. But it's never been compromised because it's always, God has always blessed me like beyond um, belief, really. And I just want to share two verses of scripture that actually um, have really been in my life and that have really sustained me um, throughout everything. And it's Psalm um, 40, verse 2, that says, He lifted me out of the slimy pot, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And this is like, this is my life. He lifted me out of the mud. He lifted me out of the pot. He lifted me out of the clay and he set me on firm ground. And he does that for you. He does that for everyone. And for, like when you said about praying for your daughter, like I would not be here today if it weren't for the people that had prayed for me. And we have a responsibility to to pray for, for those that are struggling. I had times where I really wouldn't have been able to sustain life if it weren't for the, the prayers of the saints. And just wanted to encourage you, like, to never give up, never give up praying. Because he lifted me out of the slimy pot. He lifted me out of the mud and the mire and he set my feet on a rock. And to be honest, life has been turbulent at times since then, but I've always had a sense that I'm secure. I've always had a sense that my feet are secure on the ground. And that's the incredible thing of what God's done in my life. And the other one is in Isaiah 61. And the whole passage God has used... um, I believe it's kind of a mantle that God has placed over me. Um, so I'm just going to read all of it. Um, but there's one particular bit that I just want to draw attention to. Sorry, I just need to find it. Um, and it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom of the captives, and to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. God has bestowed on me a crown of beauty, even though my life was anything but beautiful, even though my behaviour was anything but beautiful, even though my struggles in life was anything but beautiful, but he crowned a crown of beauty over the top of my head and he's turned my, my mourning into joy. And that is, that's stayed with me since the age of 16, that actually, and God is continuously making me more beautiful and making me more um, kind of joyful in life. And it's not a finished product, I'm certainly no nowhere near a finished product since getting married I've realized even more that I'm less of a finished product um, than I was before Um, but these are just two things and I just really wanted to draw attention because I think the word of God actually is what is powerful I can speak today and say what God's done but the word of God it can stand forever because it is 
it is it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's so powerful. So since God saved my life and literally changed my life, um, he's restored my family. My dad actually ended up giving me away when I got married in October, and I never would have chosen to have my dad. My relationship with him, I used to hate him, absolutely hate him. I would... I would I would only go there. I mean, praise God, my my dad actually got when he got remarried, he had two new children. Um, so my half brother and sister. And if he hadn't had them, I wouldn't know my dad. Like I only know my dad because of them, and I wanted a relationship with my brother, and, my half brother and sister. Um, God has restored relationships with my mum. I hated my mum because of the things, the, some of the decisions that she had made. But she's like one of my best friends, and we yeah. And God continuously is still restoring relationships in my family. He's given me a wonderful marriage. Like, I never expected really to get married. Um, kind of coming from a home where divorce is like, broke, like, there's been two divorces. Kind of, you lose a bit of desire to get married, probably. Um, my husband, Tom, um, has had his own battles. And it's incredible because he um, actually struggled with a cocaine addiction. <clears throat> and... Um, is God saved his life and transformed his life and we both come from broken homes and it's just incredible how God brings that together that actually we can now for our own children when we have children that actually we can show them that there is a different way to have a, have a marriage and have a relationship it's early days but God's given me incredible marriage um, he has given me back what the locusts have eaten so it says in Joel um, chapter 2 says the Lord says I'll give you back what you lost to the swarming locusts the hopping locusts the stripping locusts and the cutting locusts he's given me back what the locusts have eaten and the most important thing actually and this is what I just want to draw upon for the next like 10 minutes is actually he's given me a purpose to live who here needs a purpose to live? Every single one of us needs to know why we're here. Every single one of us needs to know the reason God has placed us here on this earth because if we don't have that purpose, if we don't have that sense that God wants us, we feel worthless. And I don't know if you've ever felt worthless, but it's a horrible feeling. But actually God has given each and every person here with a purpose. My purpose is actually, I believe what Isaiah 61 says, that actually that the spirit, and I think this is for everybody, I think some people have specific calling to the poor, and I think I'm probably one of them, but it's actually for everybody, and it says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, and the day of vengeance of our God. And this is this is the purpose that I feel God's call, called me to, but the utmost purpose that I feel God's called me to is just to be a daughter, just to be a child of God. And that is something that I'm only just realising. I think I tend, and it's down to probably my relationship with my own dad, that actually my, the love for God only comes with my works. But that's totally not the case. Actually, the love that God has for us comes when we just sit and we just be his daughter, when we just sit and be his child and we just say, Daddy God, like, how amazing are you? Not even thinking about other people, but with that comes then a purpose for other, like to do things. So, um, like I said, I work um, for Kingsley Hall, um, which is a church and community centre. Um, I've been there for three and a half years. Um, before that, I actually went to Bible college when I was 18, uh, which is something I never wanted to do because my stepdad went there and I said I'm never going. But then 
God sent me there, <laughs> um, which is typical of God. I ended up in my second year of my degree um, working for a church. Um, that I worked with prostitutes um, in the red light district there, and I worked with homeless people, and God broke my heart. But for men and women that actually are living on the streets, are struggling with addiction, are, sh- are selling their bodies, largely because of abuse that have happened to them in their childhood, largely. I would sit there and I would sit with like women that kind of had been addicted to, to heroin for 10, 15, 20 years and they would share their story and their story was very similar to mine yet God pulled me out of that and God was in the process of pulling them out of it but it took a lot longer um, so I did that for a year um, following that I ended up working God randomly moved my whole life um, which God seems to do sometimes and I ended up in my final year of my degree based in Bedford I went to uni in Bournemouth it's a very long commute um, and I worked for a charity called the King's Arms Project um, that works with, it's attached to a church, um, but it works with homeless, kind of the homeless in a variety of different ways. And I worked at their night shelter um, and there God gave, broke my heart for the homeless and um, yeah, just God broke my heart for the homeless. And I did that for two years. Um, in that time, I've kind of been overseas and I spent a summer in Albania and actually feel like a sense of like God calling me to work with the poor overseas as well. Um, I've been to like Romania, Uganda, India and um, there like for mission trips. Um, and then when I was um, when I was in my I just finished my degree, I just started full time at the night shelter. It was like June four years ago in 2015 been there le- I literally just finished I'd literally just taken a contract with them that I'd agreed to like six months before that I would do that that I went from being like 32 hours to full time and God said it's time for you to move and I was like God that timing's not very good I've just agreed I really like my job like what are you doing sort of thing um but felt God say it's time to go so I um Ended up thinking about going to America, um, to California, to do like in a, something called the Dream School, the Dream Academy, sorry, that's attached to um, the Dream Center out in Los Angeles. And they do any kind of ministry that you could think possible, they do. Um, predominantly working with kind of gang culture, prostitutes, the poor um, out in kind of Los Angeles. And I had been in contact with them and I, it was, I felt it was exactly what God wanted me to do and I was like, oh, okay, I'll apply to this. It's a, it's a year school for leadership, for like kind of stepping into leadership, working with the poor and I was like, oh, okay, this is exactly what God wants me to do. And um, I've been speaking to them. There was no issues with me getting a visa because I've got an American passport so that was kind of all sorted. And then I sent off my application and I didn't hear a thing. And I'd spoken to them so much before and I don't know why I didn't email and say, have you received my application? Um, but I didn't, and for some reason I just didn't. I, in hindsight, I would like naturally would do that, but I just didn't. Um, and that kind of threw me, and I said to God, like, God, like you're telling me that it's time for me to move, yet yeah, I want to throw myself into this job. Like, I had worked there for over a year, and I was like, God, I want to be here, but you're saying it's time to move. Like, this is weird. Like, kind of show me what to do. Then God said to me... Um, I was in Wales and I was looking around and God said move to a, a poor area and I'll show you where that poor area is. And I was like, that's weird, like I'm 20, why would I, or 21, I was 21, why would I want to move to a poor area on my own um, kind of thing. But I just felt it was really from God. And I went home and I ended up Googling like poor estates in 
in the UK um, and just felt God draw me to East London. And I remember looking at Dagenham and being like, oh, like maybe Dagenham. And then I was like, but Dagenham's not really East London, that's Essex, so I'll look a little bit closer. So I started like meeting up with different people that I knew worked in London, like kind of the message and like di- different charities and London City Mission and stuff. And I went on a prayer walk on my own to Tower Hamlet sort of area. Um, and I sat down in this like block of like, in this like tower block area and just sat down. I had no idea where it was, no idea how I'd take me back there. And um, I sat down and God said, gave me a vision for something and he gave me and I wrote down a vision and it was about moving in it was about community it was about living amongst those that you were trying to save for God it was about church but also not church um about kind of establishing church but also offering more than just a Sunday service offering actual help out of situations and I wrote it all down and I went back to work the next day and then the boss at the time said oh we want to we really believe in you we want to invest in you we want to Basically, whatever we could like, kind of do, we will do for you. We'll find a like a, job, a role that really suits you. Um, you just come to us. And then about a week, two weeks later, about maybe a month later, America got back in contact saying, "Oh, we finally found your application." For some reason, it went to our spam box, and then it went to this person, went to that person, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, please, can you call us back? Because I was at work at the time, so I couldn't answer. I then tried to call America back, um, but my, my phone wouldn't let me. And um, and I was so confused. I was like, God, what are you saying to me to do? Are you saying me to go this way, this way, or this way? And so I was like, God. And I did it again, and I don't think I'll ever do it again. I don't think it's great to test God. I think the Bible makes it clear that we shouldn't. Um, but I did again. And I said, God, in the next week, you need to show me which way I'm going. You need to make it really clear. I don't know what I'm doing. I need to choose one of them. Um, the Thursday, so I gave them until Friday. Because that's a week, even though actually it's not a week. Sunday would be the end of the week. And I gave them until Friday. On the Thursday of that week, my mum went into her little church that I grew up in, like the one that I got saved in. And she turned on her computer because she was doing the admin. She wasn't meant to be there that day. If she hadn't gone that day, someone else would have found it. They never would have thought of me. Um, so she logged onto their emails, and it was an email from Chris, who's now my boss, um, saying, We're looking for a community pastor. Um, for a church in Kingsley Hall, it's like it's the largest like housing estate in Europe, etc., etc. Um, except like find out more, email for a job description. So, um, my mum was like, "Oh, Dagenham, I feel like my mum's geography is as bad as mine." She thought I might be Liverpool, um, <laughs> but I don't really know why. Um, and so she basically said, she sent it on to me. She says, "Oh, this looks interesting. Maybe something that worth considering." So I emailed, like Chris, um, I realised Dagenham was actually East London, um, emailed Chris and Chris sent through the job description every single thing that I'd written down in the vision when I sat in that tower, like, tower blocks was on the job description apart from one thing which actually came to be once I, once I got there. I was 21, I was on my own, I was very naive, I was very young. I, the main criteria on the job description was someone that had been in church leadership I'd never been in church leadership. Um, I was very young. I was single. A lot of reasons why you wouldn't choose me. Um, but um, Chris is one of the most incredible people, and he, he chooses to, to to trust people that actually are a little, maybe were a little bit risky. Um, so I came for an interview, and they offered it, and I moved in December, uh, not December, January 2016. Um, since then, it was 
that first year very hard. Um, I lost um, my mentor from my old place that had offered me that. She died very suddenly. My granddad died. Actually, she died on the day of my granddad's funeral. At the time, there was no one in the area that was my age that I knew. There was no, the church hadn't really started. Um, my job was about starting community work, and so it was a very challenging job, very hard year. I actually met my husband at the end of that year. Um, we actually didn't date for another 18 months after that, but um, like, yeah, so I say all of that because I'm going to lean onto this and I'm going to be three, four minutes over. Is that okay? But I really feel like God wanted me to share all of that journey. Um, and I could have spent a lot more time um, sharing about some of the pain I struggled with, some of the anger I struggled with, some of the, the difficulties I faced. I wanted to share some of it because it, it makes it sense of who I actually am. But I felt God really say to draw on how he's led me um, because I feel like there's people here that actually God is wanting to lead greatly, like in a more great way than he already has. And that actually there's people here that God's got a real big plan for. I mean, everyone's got a plan. Like, God's got a plan for everybody. And everyone's plan is different. Um, and everyone's purpose is different. And it says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, that for I know the plans I have for you, and they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you and to give you a hope and a future. And that is for everybody. Like, God really has got a plan for everybody and wants to use everybody in their everyday life in ways that we might never know. But I really felt as I was praying yesterday that actually there's people here that God is trying to show you a path to take. And he's trying to highlight a path for you to take. And it, in chapter, in Psalms, um, chapter 119, verse 105, it says, and this, this has been the mantle of my, of my life. This has been the very verse of scripture that has actually led me to move from Bournemouth to Bedford, from Bedford to Dagenham, to, to go overseas when I had no money, to, to, give, to give to people that actually are very hard to give to, that actually are very emotionally draining. Um, this has caused me to do this, and I feel like it's just to highlight it to some people here that actually God is saying he's showing you the path. It's just about you following it. And it says, so it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. When I was 16, like I said, God changed my life. Honestly changed my life, transformed it, took away suicide, took away depression, took away anger. It's a large part. And I said, I pray to God that if, my, if you change my life, then I'll follow you. And wherever we would go, and so far, in the big things, I feel like I've obeyed what I've said that I would do. I feel like I've done the very things that God said. And it'd be very hard if God said, move to here. If he said that to me today, it'd be very hard. But I, honestly, I'd look at myself and I would, I would go. And, but the only way I can know where God is saying is if I know what he's saying to me. And if I actually hear the light that he has. And I feel that actually we need to be constantly looking for the word to light our path, to guide our feet. And, and the word is actually Jesus. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through, through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and he brought life to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. 
Jesus says to him, Jesus in the book of John is, it's showing that Jesus is the word. But in the book of Psalms, which was written like so much time before that, it says, the word is a lamp unto our feet. And you know, Jesus is showing us where to go every single day. Jesus is wanting us to, to live a life that is surrendered, that actually we go out to the shops and we're willing to be interrupted, like, because... God might say for us to do something, that the Holy Spirit might guide us to do something. And yet there's also massive decisions that actually the Holy Spirit and Jesus just wants to light to us. The word is a lamp to guide our feet and a light for our path. And I feel that there's a few people that actually God is showing you a light. He's showing you the path, like in the same way that I was at, that I was at, a path one way and a path the other way when I was 16 and I said, God, like, I'm going to go that way unless you do something different. Actually, sometimes we have a few, we have a few different paths to take in the same way that when I was, when God told me to go, that I could have stayed in Bedford, I could have gone to America, I could have gone to Dagenham. And actually, I don't think any of them were wrong in themselves. I don't think any of them were, like, particularly bad choices. I actually think they'd all been very good choices for me. Yeah, I believe that God actually had one plan. And that plan was to go there. And actually, sometimes we have multiple choices. Sometimes the choices are bad, like they were when I was 16. But sometimes, actually, they're all good. It's just quite difficult to distinguish what. And I just felt God say, if you're in that place, if you're in that position, he is wanting to light it. His light looks different. You see, it says in the Bible that his light, is there's nothing like his light. That actually, the, the darkness in the world is nothing in comparison to the light of God. And actually we can see the light that he is reflecting, that he is shining it, and that you will know, I just felt God say this, that you will know what is right. You will know which path is right because the light will be greater than anything else on that bit. So I just really felt God wanted me to share that with you today, that actually my story is is powerful because it does it does show God it does show that God can change a life and God has changed my life but the the only main way that God has changed my life is actually by giving me a purpose and actually by giving me his Holy Spirit to guide and his Holy Spirit to give me light and yeah there was some problems that went on but you know I would never change anything I've gone through my husband says the same that he would never change anything he'd gone through to be honest I wouldn't be with my husband if he hadn't gone through what he went through and I had gone through what I went through. And therefore, like, the reason God does that is because he has a plan, because he has a purpose. He takes, he makes everything, anything, it says in the Bible, like, what the enemy intended for evil, he turns for good, and he does that. What the enemy has intended for evil in your life, he will turn to good. And that good is though that you will know you have a purpose, that you will know that you are chosen, that you will know that you're loved, and that you will know that, that the light of God will guide you, that the word of God will guide you.